You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Chris Donald. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. The title of this message this morning is The Complete Picture. The Complete Picture. I believe that in the body of Christ we have a lot of incomplete pictures. We have people that focus on different aspects, and I understand the fivefold ministry. I understand different giftings and callings. I get it, but we have one main goal. And by the way, the fivefold, not everybody is fivefold, but the fivefold is, is created to equip the body of Christ, right, to do the work of ministry. So you have a pastor equip you to pastor. You have an evangelist equip you to evangelize. You have a teacher that teaches you how to study and teach to your family what you've learned. You have a prophet that teaches you how to prophesy. And you have an apostle that keeps you on course. The original call has never changed. Right? And so really every believer should embody the fivefold ministry. Right? But what happens is, is we have people that like prayer, and I like prayer people, and so they're over here praying, and then we've got outreach people that like outreach, and they're like, can we just get on outreach, please? Can we do something? And then you got discipleship people that really only have half the picture because they're only discipling believers. That's half of the equation. The other equation is new believers. And you become separated, and then we have all, and then when, when you only focus on one thing, that one thing gets off. So you have the prayer group taking scriptures out of context, prophesying things that aren't even real, and crawling into weird rabbit holes of conspiracy. And the intercessory team becomes the pastor's thorn in his flesh. Because they're completely disconnected from reality, and they have no fruit in their life other than I was in a prayer meeting, and I think I heard God say this. Well, I got quiet in here, okay? And then we've got the outreach team, and they're another thorn. Because they're just trying to, come on, we got to do something. We gotta, and they're coming up with all these ideas and all this excitement, but they don't slow down long enough. And then you got the disciple people, and they're like, you know, we just need to focus on the two people that God gave us. And then what happens is, is I go to a leader's advance, and I'm meeting with a young leader. Uh, by the way, I'm going to attack religion today. Pastor Aaron teed me up to destroy it. He came up. He said, okay, I'm just going to put this right here. Okay, Chris, have fun. I hate religion, by the way. Yeah, it's just awful. It's a form of godliness, void the very power of God therein. What it is is, well, see, the, the issue is, is that we as American Christians love to be entertained. Let, let me just read this to you. I wrote this this morning in my secret place. One of the major problems with Western Christianity is we have become more impressed with the way people preach and can eloquently share thoughts and biblical truth. More than we are impressed by the biblical fruit of a person's life. Gifting is great, but character and the power of God working through a person's life to advance the kingdom is better. It's time we get back to the basics of the word and quit being deceived by well-spoken religious teachers that don't actually know the Lord. Fruit talks. Many Americans live off of entertainment. The kingdom is not meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be actively lived out in every born-again Christian's life. Amen, Chris. 
Right, we, we just, give me the next book. Give me the next, give me the next YouTube teaching. Give me the next, yeah, I'm going to get money. No, 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 no. Why don't we do something with what we know? It looks like something. It, it's not just knowledge and information. It, it looks like something. So we have talked about the original call not changing. It's, it's the same Right from, from, from Jesus coming and Jesus ascending into heaven and saying, go and make disciples. He said, follow me and, and I'll make you fishers of men. Listen, we are still following Jesus. He's alive. He's well. He's on his throne. And he came to seek and to save the lost. You know, you know what? He's alive and God never changes and he's still seeking and he's still saving the lost today. So if you're following him, you're going to look like him and you're going to be seeking and saving the lost. Now, I'm going to clean some stuff up here in a moment. I know I offended like a bunch of prayer people. But listen, prayer people, if you're not making disciples, you're missing a big equation. Listen, prayer people, if, you, if all you do is pray and you don't see the active power of God in your life and you don't become a witness that sees people's lives transformed by the power of God and you're making disciples, you, you're missing it. There is more for you. You are not just called to prayer, just like I am not just called to evangelism, just like Pastor Jonathan is not just called to pastoring. You are called to all of it. We all pray, we all witness, and we all make disciples. If you don't like it, you're wrong. Because he likes it. Because it's what his word has said to us, but we have written books on prayer. We have written work, books on outreach. We have written works and, and books on, on, on prophecy and on all these different things. And we go down all these weird streams and we get out there in left field and we're not accomplishing what he's called us to do because we're chasing after religion. A prayer meeting that doesn't lead me to be a witness, which leads me to make disciples, is pointless and powerless. Prayer meetings, I'm going to preach today. Prayer meetings in the book of Acts, New Covenant, New Testament prayer meetings. Right, They would get together and they would pray. And they would say, oh God, come, fill us, baptize us. And the power of God would fall and the place would shake. And then they would step out. And they would be a witness and they would make disciples. That's why Paul the apostle would go into regions and he would win the lost and he'd make many disciples and he'd go on to the next city and the next town. This is not an evangelism message. This is a great commission message. This is what we're called to. Like, I hope in a couple months when I preach, there's people standing up on their chairs screaming, going, yes and Amen. But right now, to many of you, all this is is a theory. It's a concept. Because you've never seen it. But when you begin to see it, when you begin to see your prayers lead to effective supernatural evangelism, which leads to effective discipleship, you, oh man, everything changes. You were not called just to teach us a, a Sunday morning Bible study class. You were not called just to create children's curriculum. 
You were not called just to be a Sunday morning door greeter. Come on, somebody. You were called to be a witness. And by the way, we've said it before. You don't do witnessing. You are a witness. And if you're lukewarm, you are witnessing to the world what a lukewarm believer is. If you're backslidden, you're, you're witnessing to the world what a backslidden wit Christian is. If you're on fire, which by the way, I think it's impossible to be lukewarm in this church with Pastor Aaron and Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Melissa and Casey. It's impossible. If you come in lukewarm, you're going to catch on fire and run to the altar or you're going to catch on fire and run out the building. I did not come here today to entertain you. I came here today to equip you. And right now, I'm going to speak to you like a drill sergeant. I'm going to speak to you like a military general, saying it's time, because, because the Bible talks that way. It talks about being farmers. It talks about being soldiers. It talks about being builders. And that's what you are. You're in his army and he's calling you. And there is a great need for people to arise into what they're called to do. The complete picture. I know you're here and you continue to come. So I know that, um, that you're all in. And I know that you're here and you're going, okay, I get it. Okay, I, I, I do. I, I want the complete picture. I want to be, and we're all saying we want to be effective, right? We want to love God and we want to honor God. Right, so if we're going to be effective, then we have to understand the complete picture. The complete picture of what our life is meant to be in going out and then the complete picture of what our lives are to be in receiving others that are coming in. And we're going to talk about that today. And before we do, I'm going to share testimonies with you that are going to make me cry. These testimonies are not from 10 years ago. They are not from five years ago or even two years ago. These testimonies are from months ago. And when I share these testimonies with you, it reminds me of who God is and it keeps me on focus. I spoke to our interns through a Zoom call and in person, I believe it was on, was it on Wednesday, and I said, the whole goal of you coming to Woodland, some leaving your homes and your families and your jobs, is for one purpose, to make disciples. I said, if you come, right, if you come and you pray and you go on outreach and you make a disciple, that will motivate you for the rest of your life. What is it that motivates me? These stories are what motivates me. What concerns me is the young evangelists and ministers that are be ra being raised up in cemeteries. I mean, seminaries. I think I said that right. Cemeteries. Is this, is they're not thinking about the next person that they're going to win to the Lord. They're thinking about the next book they're going to write and the next stadium they're going to fill and the next ministry that they're going to start. They're thinking about the names and the logos and the, and the brands. They're not thinking about the faces of the people that God is calling them to win to the Lord. What motivates me, come on, is the next Joel. What motivates me is the next Bo. What motivates me is the next Rashad. What motivates me is the next Kyle. As I pray, even as I, when I was leaving Dallas to go to, I'm having fun, by the way. 
As I was leaving Dallas to go to Florida, I was praying and I was saying, God, show me the faces of the people that I'm going to meet. Show me the faces of the people that are going to be baptized. Show me the faces of the families that are going to be transformed. And I begin to be overwhelmed with the people that I was going to meet. And then when I was there, I begin to meet them and it begin to break my heart. And I begin to understand this is it. It's not about the crowds. It's not about the gatherings. It's about the individuals. And I have seen transformation in people's lives. And oh man, it's incredible. You want to hear some stories? All right, let's do this. Thank you, Herb, I will. If everybody be against me and Herb be for me, we will change the world. All right, here we go. You've heard me say this before, that God said, create a net and he would fill it. Create a net and he would fill it. A net is time and space. I know that many of you will not be able to join us on a Tuesday or Thursday. I'm okay with that. I understand life is busy, okay? I understand that many of you work in in different fields and different places, and I know that I get really excited and stirred up. I don't need you to look like me. You're going to look like you, okay? So, So I just want you to know that I'm painting a picture, but I do believe that every believer in this room could create a net, to disciple a person. So, so what, what is my goal in, in sharing this? Well, my goal is to build a belong ministry that has created a net that, that we're seeing maybe 100 or 200 or 300 people saved in a year. That'd be amazing. But on an individual level, my goal is, is that you would begin to be uh, aware of God wanting to use your life. And if that God using your life starts out with you sharing your faith once a month, I will celebrate that. I know I'm radical and crazy, okay? But, but it starts out with you just simply saying, I am going to pray and I am going to step out at some point this month and then if, if, if something happens, I'm open and I have space to invite them into my life. Discipleship can look like playing basketball. Discipleship can look like playing video games. Discipleship can look like going shopping, It's not complicated, all right? So on an individual level, if you're here and you're like, I can't because I have four kids and and, and I get up at four in the morning, I'm not telling you that you have to do any of what I'm talking about. But what you can do is begin to think like a person that seeks and saves the lost and creates space. I had a guy call me who's a plumber from from out east, and he said, Chris, I I was plumbing, and um, and, and I, and I, I led my lead to the Lord. Now I'm just trying to figure out how the heck I can disciple him. He's in the truck with him every day. So he's bringing the Bible and he's reading in the Bible. That is what I'm talking about. Okay? All right, I just want to make sure we make that clear. And by the way, if you, okay, we're not, this is not a salvation topic. Okay, salvation comes through faith by grace. Okay? So as I preach sometimes, I get so intense uh, some younger people or even older people can begin to wonder if they're saved. You, if you believe in Jesus and he is your Lord and Savior, by the way, it's not Savior, Lord, but Lord and Savior. He's not your Savior if he's not your Lord. So he's your Lord and Savior and you are pursuing him, you're saved. 
What I'm talking about today is not a salvation topic. It is um, an effectiveness topic, a call conversation. Does that make sense? I believe that you can be saved, be a good person going to heaven, and absolutely miss the missional call of God on your life. How do I know that? Because that sums up pretty much 98% of the church. And, and, and you're saved and you're going to heaven. But I, what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to get you in the lane of missional call. But I also want you to understand it's not going to look like this. It's not going to look like you being in Dallas and then you being in uh, Tampa and then you being here and then you getting on an airplane and going to Iraq and then Brazil and then Orlando. It doesn't look like that. It's going to look like you consistently being in love with Jesus. And as you fall in love with Jesus, you'll be a witness and shine to the people around you. And then you invite them over to your house and you have pizza and you talk about the Bible. That, that's it. Does that make sense? Somebody give me an amen so I know that I haven't freaked you out. Okay, good. All right, so he said, create a net and he'll fill it. So let's start with, let me, let me say these two things. Our success is being obedient to go with the gospel. That is our success, but that is not my goal. My goal is to make disciples. And by the way, if you go on outreach and you don't share the gospel, it's not called outreach. You know, I talked to many, even pastors and leaders. I was having a conversation with, with a guy just the other day down in Vancouver, and he was saying, you know, we got, we got an ice cream truck, and, 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 and we, which, by the way, is a brilliant idea. I think we should get an ice cream truck because that could be a gospel ice cream truck. And I, I, I want, I'm actually going to get one. But anyway, it was, I was, like, getting really excited. I'm like, that's amazing because you can go into communities and just give away ice cream and just preach the gospel. Not in a weird way. I don't need a microphone. Just everything that I hand to them, I can't, hey, could I have a minute to share the gospel with you? But through this conversation, and it wasn't him, it was somebody that was leading him, they said, yeah, we're not going to preach the gospel. We're just going to be light. Well, you're scared. Right? Or, or one time, one of, our, one of our team was on a mission trip, and they led somebody to the Lord at the taco stand, and they were really excited about it. And the leader of the mission trip says, we don't do that. If I was there, I'd have been like, put me in, in time out. Like, like, you need to put me in time out for a week before I talk to that pastor. The reason why they say that is because they're scared. The reason why they say that, dare I say, is because they're lazy. They just want to go on a mission trip, which is really a, a mini vacation. And they don't want to do the active work because making disciples and preaching the gospel takes grit. It takes perseverance. It takes work. It takes labor. It takes consistency. It takes, you know what? I'm going out no matter what happens, and I'm going to look like a fool. You're going to see me in February walking all over this city like a fool. I'm going to get rejected more times than I'm going to be received. But I have a call, and the call is to preach the gospel. And there are people in this city that are ready to receive Jesus, and I'll be rejected so they can have salvation. I'm going to walk door to door, door to door, business to business, person to person. And I've had times in past when I was here where people would say, uh, you shared with me yesterday. Well, let me tell you again. Come on, guys. I will be a fool for him. 
I'll be, I'll be mocked for him. I'll be made fun of for him. I'll, I'll look like a crazy person for him. Because he's worthy. He's holy. It's what Melissa and the worship team was saying. This is, this is about the holiness. We're coming to the holiness of God. If he is holy, he is worthy. And if he is worthy, then I, I will be obedient to what he tells me to do. Amen? All right, the, the first picture, we're going to throw this up here. What I want to do is, is I want to paint a picture for you of, of what you're about to experience. So I, I, at, this, at this moment, this is the, the, really the first week that we got to Florida. And if, if you back up six months, I was, I was uh, flying in from Dallas to Tampa. It was six months before I was going to move to Tampa. And, and, and I got there, and when I was in the uh, airport, I was waiting for somebody to come out to the vehicle. And I rolled down my window because I had a couple minutes to share my faith. And I just said, excuse me, ma'am, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. And this lady walks up to the car, and she goes... Um, do you know why I'm here? I said, no, I don't know why you're here. She goes, my son got born again two days ago. I realized in that moment, I'm here to disciple your son. See, we don't just need people that, that, that go and win people to the Lord. We need discipleship. So I realized in that moment, oh, I'm here. So he came walking up, and I hugged him, and we prayed for him. He drove over 45 minutes to hear me preach that Sunday. And I told him, listen, I'll be back in six months, and I will disciple you. Listen, God knew that nobody would disciple him. So he connected me to him six months prior to me being there. That is how much God is into discipleship. He came to my house, he drove over an hour to get to my house, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he began to tremble in the presence of God. Six months later, there are people all over this city that are ready for a God encounter. And if we create a net, he'll fill it, but we don't have space and time set aside, so God will send them somewhere else, or a religious cult will steal them. Why is the Mormon church so big? It's because people were ready and we weren't there. So they got a fake Jesus. They got a fake gospel and they become enslaved to religion that ultimately leads them to hell. But if we were there, we could catch them. This is, I'm going to preach like I'm in the military today. Is that okay? All right. I know there's mamas here. There's grandmas here. There's uncles. I, whenever my, my grandma's in the building, I'm always like, grandma. I love you. I'm sorry. I just yelled at you. She goes, it's okay, honey. I liked it. So, so that's Cody. Cody's awesome. He's loving the Lord in, uh, in Texas right now. So let's go on to the next picture. And, and we're going to break some things down in a moment. This is Los. And, and you may have heard this story, but, but we believe, we, we pray. So I, I want to talk about prayer. So, so, so as, as we're going out, we think three things. We think prayer outreach and discipleship that is the complete picture and we pray and you can come and and see how we pray this Tuesday but we pray this way we pray God lead us by your spirit we pray God shift atmospheres we pray God break chains and we pray God fill the net right because if we're led by the spirit the spirit's there and where the spirit is there's freedom which changes the atmosphere and where where the spirit and freedom is chains fall off Right? And then God fills the net. So I walk into the mall and I get a word of knowledge 
and, I, and I'm wondering, okay, where's this for? And I see a barber shop over in the corner, and so I walk over to the barber shop, and, and, and as I walk over to the barber shop, there's a really cool guy there who cuts hair for the bucks, and uh, just really tall, cool guy, and I'm like, not cool, right? He's cool. Some of you get what I'm saying. I'm a little bit intimidated by his coolness, and, but I had a word from the Lord. And so I said, somebody's in your shop that, that needs to be healed of bad knees. And he goes, well, it's not me, but let's go in. And the, the whole shop was full of people. All the chairs were full. He walks in and the atmosphere shifts and he turns the music off and he turns to me and says, I said, hey, and I pointed at this man right here. I said, you have trouble with your knees? He goes, yes, I do. How'd you know that? I said, God spoke to me. Everybody's watching. The atmosphere shifted. This is such a good story. I love it. And um, so the atmosphere shifts. And I said, hey, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A because I needed to be encouraged in the Lord. I need no, no comments from Nathaniel. If he's in the room with his Popeyes, put that hand down. Help him. Pray for him. Lord, bless him. So I needed to go get, have a spiritual encounter. And so I went to Chick-fil-A and I said, I'll be back when you're done cutting the guy's hair. And when we came back, the whole shop was empty. And it was just him sitting at a desk. And we, we gathered around him, and you can see that arm. You can't see the, the young man, but there's an arm going there. And when we began to pray for him, that young 14-year-old put his hand on Los's back, uh, on his back, and his knees were instantaneously healed. This is what he said. He turned around. He didn't look at me. He looked at the young man and said, who are you? When you put your hand on me, I felt power go through my body. Come on. So I began to talk to him. He got born again. He got saved. Right, I got his number, I began to reach out to him and begin to talk to him, and he was so busy, basketball coach, all these other things, and I couldn't get him, and so I showed back up at the barber shop about a week later, and when I walked in, it was full, and the owner began to run around going, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here, I can't believe you walked in right now, this is crazy, that loud. They turned the music off. They go, Los, tell him. And Los says, well, you know what? I was driving just a couple days after you met me, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I got hit by two semi-trucks. But I'm okay, and everybody in my vehicle is okay. I know that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. And he said this. He said, I can't. I don't understand it. He goes, I can't stop helping people. I walk by people and I have to help them. People that I would walk by before, now I have to stop. I said, listen, Ezekiel 36 says that God will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. And God gave you a new heart. He goes, oh, wow. I said, you've been born again and that's evidence of you being born again. Come on, is somebody getting stirred up? Let's go to the next one. Next picture. These two young men, uh, we, we were getting ready to fly to the Middle East, and that's Alonzo there, and, and uh, we, we went to go um, eat some food with Pastor Stephen, and Johnny um, was with us, and as we were walking into a restaurant, I saw some young men out in the parking lot, and I said, Johnny, they're ready, and he ran over, and he shared with them for about 45 minutes, and he kept saying, are you done? You can leave. Are you done? Like, I don't want to, he wasn't pressuring them, and for six weeks, Johnny reached out to these two young men with not much uh, response. And six weeks in to him reaching out to them, they didn't give their lives to the Lord in that moment. They decided to come to belong. Okay, so Johnny's super 
stirred up, and I'll never forget the day I walk in, and he's really excited, and I see this man standing in the corner of the cafe or the lobby, and he says, come here. I didn't know who he was. I walked over. He said, hey, I've got to tell you something. I've been going to this church for a year. I was far away from God. I was messed up. I was messed up. So I can't drag my kids to church. But every day I get on my knees and I pray and I say, God, will you please encounter my kids? He said, so I walked out of my room today, the day, right? I walked out of my room and my son walked out at the same time when we came face to face. And my son said to me, Dad, I think I'm going to go to church today. He didn't know what church. He said, what church? He said, Generation Church. So his dad drove him to his church. And his dad sat in the back. I'll never forget it when the gospel was preached and these two young men said yes to Jesus in that moment. The dad was so overwhelmed by the mercy and the grace and the extravagance of God that he left the room and wept on the couch with the security guard. A county of a million people. This is prophecy. This city's going to open up. I've seen it. We're going to see it again. It's basic principles of prayer combined with outreach, combined with discipleship. It was never meant to be just a prayer gathering or meant to be just outreach or meant to be just discipleship. It's the complete picture. Isn't that amazing? You want another one? Let's do another one. What's the next picture? Oh, my goodness. I can't go into all the details on this one, but we went door to door, and it was so hot. Who's ever lived in Florida in the summer? We understand. It's misery. And uh, I was about done, and I was like, Pastor, that's Pastor Stephen from Generation Church. I said, hey, man, we need to just call it. Let's go to lunch. He said, just one more house. We went to this house. We met this man who at this time was an atheist. In this picture, you're seeing him pray to give his life to Jesus. He gives his life to the Lord. Go to the next picture. I can't go into all the details of this miraculous story. That is the same night. So the complete picture of us going out is prayer. We prayed that day, God, lead us by your spirit. We prayed shift atmospheres. We prayed break chains. We pray fill the net. And then we're obedient to go, and we go on outreach. But then there's the complete picture of receiving people in. See, what happens in the body of Christ is somebody says yes to Jesus and we say, yeah, we're going to water baptize you next quarter when we have water baptism service. Everything that we're meant to encounter and to do in the kingdom of God cannot fit on a Sunday morning. As good and as much, I love Sunday. I love preaching. I love worshiping. I love seeing your faces. But this is equipping to do the kingdom, right? And so he shows up to be disciple with another guy. And uh, they heard that we're going to do water baptism. Atheist, never been to church before. He comes and he goes, I've got to be water baptized. So we put him in the water. He comes out of the water speaking in tongues. I just saw him last week when I was in Orlando, still choosing to follow Jesus. There's so much more in that story. I can't tell you, but it's powerful. Let's go to the next story. This is Jason. Jason, at the moment of this picture, is a father of six children and a wife his wife and him were separated 
He got invited to the Belong Gathering as an atheist, does not believe in God or the existence of God. During the second song, we do short, two short songs where the atmosphere shifts. He had an encounter with the presence and the power of God. He went in one moment from being an atheist to the next moment saying, God is real and nobody can take it from me. That is the first time in his life that he held a Bible. He didn't know Matthew from Mark, from Genesis to Revelations. He was in the table of contents trying to figure it out. So he gets saved, right? A week later, he comes back and he sees water baptism. And when he sees it, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on him. And he goes, I have to be water baptized. We didn't tell him he had to. He knew by the Holy Spirit that he needed to be. And so we put him under the water and he came up speaking in tongues. And he said, no blank, pastor. That is powerful. That might offend a religious person because the religious person worries about what's on the outside. Worries about behavior control. But a person that's about the kingdom of God sees the transformation on the inside. And that blank word will change in a couple months. But he just had an encounter with the power of God. And right now he's with his wife and kids. Come on, somebody. Isn't this just good? Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's do another one. Come on. We got time for like two more. You got time for two more? Okay. So, so we'll do this one and then one more. J just so you're aware, the full picture of going out, I don't have time to get into all of it, is prayer, outreach, and discipleship. I say it over and over and over and over and over again because I need you to get it. And by the way, you don't get what you don't live. Says David Papavisi, we listened to a, a message that he did, a five-minute message, and he goes, you don't get what you don't live. So if you don't live prayer, you don't get it. If you don't live outreach, you don't get it. If you don't live discipleship, you don't know anything about it. You may think you know because you read a book or you, you, you did an online course, but if you haven't won somebody to the Lord in the last five years, you don't have a clue. But I know that when you see it and when it happens through you, there'll be a fire that starts on the inside of you. And you'll say, God, do it again. Who's seen that movie of the man up on the mountain? And he says, God, right? He's, he's up on the mountain in the middle of the war on the cliff. What's that movie called? Somebody help me. Hacksaw Ridge. Right? And he says, Lord, just give me one more. Just give me one more. And over and over again, he would pull people out. He would continue. Sometimes it was enemies that he would pull out. God, give me strength for one more. That is my life when it comes to evangelism. I don't say give me another preaching opportunity. I don't say give me another conference or give me another stadium. I say, God, give me another Jason. Give me another Kyle. Give me another Cody. They're all over the city. They're ready for you. They're waiting for you. But theory and strategy alone will not bring them into our church. You being activated, you will be places this week that I can't be in. That's why it's my job to stir you up and to inspire you and some of you to convict you to begin to think different. All you have to say to somebody is, hey, I was wondering, do you believe in Jesus? That'll open up a conversation. The only thing at stake is your reputation. 
But the kingdom of God is not about you and your reputation. Actually, the kingdom of God is death to self so you can be alive in Christ. It doesn't say deny the devil and he'll flee from you. It says deny yourself. And so if you're worried about your reputation and what people think about you, then you haven't been crucified with Christ and you haven't experienced the kingdom reality that you can experience. Come on. See, death to self and alive in Christ apart from actually doing what he's called you to do is just a form of religion. Well, I've, I've, I've died to self. Have you? Or have you just memorized the scripture? I'll take you to Vancouver Mall and we'll see if you're dead to yourself. I'll take you to Safeway or Dollar General and we'll see if, you, if that scripture and that sermon series that you listen to has really done as much work inside of you as you think. Just because you can intellectually understand biblical truth doesn't mean you know it. And you could be so convinced and you may think you're the next big thing in the Christian world, but you're not. You're prideful and you're consumed with self. Because when the rubber meets the road, are you doing what King Jesus has called you to do? I begin to ask myself, God, am I crazy? Have I lost my mind? All I think about is making disciples. All I want to do is serve you and and honor you and give you my life. He said, no, son, you're just simply doing what I've asked you to do. And what would it look like for an individual to be fully filled with the Holy Spirit? where you are out of the driver's seat and Holy Spirit's in the driver's seat. What does that look like? Imagine tomorrow as you go about your day, you're out of control and he's in control. What does that look like? What do you say that you held back yesterday? A lot. Because of fear of man and religious ideas that keep you bound, thinking that you being a part of the intercessory team's enough. It's not enough. Or you running a Bible study that's been going for the last 15 years, talking about stuff that you don't even live, like it even matters. With 15 people that have all been saved for as long as you've been saved, that's not discipleship. Wow. Hi, guys. I'm going to watch football in a little bit. I'm normal. I'm just really on fire right now. And um, I love you. But let's change the world. Because if you're not changing the world right now, if you're not making disciples right now, something has to change in your life. What makes you think that if you keep doing what you're doing, all of a sudden you're going to produce disciples tomorrow? It won't. You'll keep doing what you're doing. And again, this isn't salvation. This isn't your eternal life in heaven. This is, did Jesus say it or did he not? Is the word of God true? It is the last thing that he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Did he say it or didn't he? It's not me up here ranting about it. It's what he said. And we follow Jesus. We don't follow Jesus calling in Oswald Chambers. 
that I love that, that, that makes your heart feel warm in the morning. Listen, all that is is an invitation to be a witness that day. We get filled up so we can make impact in the world. Will you guys stand with me? Let's share this story and then we'll close. If we can go to the next picture of the beach, go back one. We, we decided, because I want to paint a picture of you that this is not difficult, this is not militant, this is fun. Our outreach team got together and I said, hey, um, you know, we've worked hard. Let's just go to the beach and play football and we'll be witnesses. And so on our way to the beach, we met this man named Naeem. I've told you about him, but I want you to see the pictures of him. And Aiden and Josh just simply stopped and said, hey, can we share the gospel with you? And he was born again. And then the next picture, that's Sunday morning. So the one before that was Thursday. And in between Thursday and Sunday, I was at a beat, uh, sorry, at a park across the city. There's a million people in one city. A million people. One little county. Right? And so I'm at this park and and while I'm there, I see these two men. You've heard me tell the story. They're out playing football. So I run over there. I'm playing with them with the whole purpose of sharing my faith. I begin to share with them. And Naeem says, hey, you were at the beach. I go, oh, oh, wow. I just took a step back. He realized, wow, God is real. He goes, I will most definitely be at church on Sunday. So he shows up to church on Sunday. Pastor Stephen gives a call salvation this happened just a month ago and without anybody pushing him or prompting him he walked right out of the row and came forward and said I want to give my life to Jesus go to the next picture there he is the same week Thursday born again Sunday brought into the family of God Tuesday night baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit I have a New Testament conviction that says we've been doing it wrong. It's not salvation and then water baptism 15 days later and then baptism in the Holy Spirit five years later when you read about it in a book or you stumble into a YouTube clip that's talking about it because the pastor was too scared to tell you about it because he didn't want to offend you. You know, pastors do the weirdest things. They're like, yeah, we, we probably shouldn't tell them about the whole, we should, probably shouldn't tell them about God because it might offend them. Have, have we lost our minds? And we have whole church networks that teach that. They teach that. They teach that demonic lie. They tell you, pull out your best sermon series and create a good marketing strategy and whatever you do, stay away from controversial topics like the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I love Jesus. He's like, actually, you know what? I'm going to start the church with speaking in tongues. <laughs> we have brought in our Western religion, and if you don't like speaking in tongues, you're wrong. Sorry, I love you, but you're wrong. Because if you haven't read your Bible in the past month, you probably haven't picked it up in the past five years, and your opinion stinks. Our churches are full of opinions of man. And then our churches are led by men and women that are weak and lifeless. And they more so want a pat on their back and a good message, pastor. Then they want to see the kingdom of God established on the earth.
want to see his kingdom come. I want to see him receive his reward. I want to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see people speak in tongues. I want to see people come out of the water baptism. I want to see families be reunited. I want to see a city saved. That's what our staff wants. That's what our senior leaders wants. That's what our elders wants. And I know that's what you want. And I want to take a moment. I want to open up the altars because I believe there's an impartation this morning. An impartation to leave religion and your so-called ministry and ideas of godliness in the seat and for you to run forward and for you to repent and for you to say, God, I'm sorry that I got off course. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've allowed religion and fear to hold me back, but I'm actually going to do it differently. And listen, you're not alone. Tuesday and Thursday night, we'll be there to hold your hand. We will walk you out. We will overcome fear. We will punch that thing in the face. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not going to have to do this alone. We're here. We're going to walk with you. We're going to lead you. And you're going to grow in confidence. And then you're going to be bold for the gospel. But if you're here and you need a shift, get out of your seat right now. Come to the altar and begin to cry out to God. I'm not going to ask again. I'm just saying, if that's you, get out of your seat. Come forward. Begin to cry out to God. God, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would come. I know that your kingdom is here. I know that this message honored you. I know that this message put a smile on your face. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come with the baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit. God, I will be a fool for you. I will shout. I will shout. I will shout from the rooftops what you have spoken to me in the secret. I will shout. I will shout. I will be unashamed. I will dance. I will scream. I will shout. I will shout. I will face that religious demon in the name of Jesus. I will not back down. I will stand firm in Christ. I will walk in Christ. I will live. I will move. I will have my being in you, God. I pray that you come, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come. Come with fire. Come with fire. Burn up religion. Burn up. Burn it up. Burn it up. Burn it up, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with fire. Come with power. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and encounter. Come and encounter. Come and encounter. Break us out of religion. Break us out of the chains that hold us back. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Break it open. Break it open. Break it open. Let them experience the kingdom realm. Let them experience miracles, signs, and wonders. Let them experience the power of the gospel. Let them experience demons being cast out. Let them experience bodies being healed. Let them experience the kingdom of God. Let them experience the God. Let them see it. Let them see it. Let them see it. Come. The kingdom of God is meant to be seen. It's meant to be heard. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. All religious devils go. Every religious mindset go right now. Everyone, every, every lazy spirit, every slothful spirit, every demonic lie, right now in Jesus' name. Bow your knee to Jesus. 
lift your voice to the Lord. Come on, everybody in this room, would you lift your hands to Jesus right now?